Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're that HR analytics dashboard that's helping all of you HR and people leaders get rid of the manual, tedious, time-consuming spreadsheet process of what you call HR reporting. That's right. We know a lot of you are pulling together these spreadsheets, trying to get a data-driven story of your workforce, and you're always thinking to yourself, there has to be a better way. Well, look no further. That's why we created Employee Cycle. You simply connect your HRIS and other systems to our dashboard. Within 15 minutes, we give you an out-of-the-box HR analytics dashboard where you can have out-of-the-box pre-built dashboards, custom metrics, data quality audit, making sure that all your data is complete. We're just going to help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process and give you more time to do the things you want to do, whether that's take a nap or do the things that HR leaders love to do, which is help their workforce thrive. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check us out. We'd love to chat, give you a demo so that we can partner on making you data-driven. But that's enough about me and our company, because today we have an awesome guest. So please help me welcome to the show, Kira Torco. She's the Chief People Officer at Ascent, and today we're discussing what is emotional proximity and why it's important. Kira, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Kira, welcome! It's great to be here. Awesome. So, Kara, we're going to kick this thing off the best way we know how, and that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Oh, that's a really great question, because I don't actually come from the wonderful world of HR. Um, but now that I'm here, I realize that it is the place that I was meant to be. So maybe a little bit of background on that, Bruce, because that's a pretty cryptic answer. Uh, <laughs> in that, uh, you know, I'm actually a an accountant, um, you know, I'm not masquerading as in HR, but really loving HR. And uh, I spent, you know, many years in my career leading people, never actually being an accountant, but leading people in lots of different functions, whether it's been business development or research services. Um, right before I joined Ascent, I ran a national sport organization that focused on high-performance coaching. And uh, in speaking with the CEO of the company that I'm at today, Ascent, he was really looking for a business leader who cared a lot about people to drive the people function. And, uh, you know, I thought about it. And when I realized what I loved most about all of my career to this point in time was uh, was driving performance, was about uh, really demonstrating care and thought uh, about people and solving business puzzles through the lens of people. And so I was given an opportunity here about five years ago, and the company's quadrupled in size uh, since that point in time, and I haven't looked back. Awesome. Really appreciate that origin story and love the comment about you not masquerading as HR. <laughs> I'm really an accountant in an HR costume. (laughs) I love that. So, Kira, we have a very interesting topic today, and I'm so glad you pointed this out because I really haven't heard this term before. So today we're discussing what is emotional proximity and why it's important. And I'm super curious to know, and I'm sure our audience is as well, what is emotional proximity? 
Yeah, no, it's it's something I'm spending a lot of time thinking about. And, you know, for me, as you know, the, the new remote reality, you know, a lot of people make the assumption that that means they're disconnected. You know, they're not seeing each other in the physical space. So if I think about emotional proximity, its counterpart is that physical proximity. So how are we, you know, we're in the same office together, we're working on the same projects together in the same space. You know, but for me, emotional proximity is actually how connected do we feel with people and how are we forming relationships? And that doesn't have to happen in person. And it doesn't have to mean, you know, this remote doesn't have to mean that we are, you know, that we're disconnected. So it's really about this, you know, sense of belonging and sense of engagement in what we feel with our colleagues and our, our teammates. Is emotional proximity more around your team members feeling the same way about the situation at the same time so that we all have this shared experience? Or is it more about team members and people who work together just being connected emotionally, which is on a deeper level than just working together? Yeah, good question. I I haven't thought it about that. So maybe I'm going to answer that a slightly different way, Bruce, if if that's okay. You know, yeah, sure. You know, one one of the things I've been, you know, reading and observing during, you know, the change from hybrid and to remote is that weak ties get weaker and stronger ties are getting stronger. And, you know, I saw some really interesting research almost a year ago now that Microsoft did, and it showed the number of emails before COVID and then during COVID and the number of sort of Slack connections and others. And what it showed was that the numbers of times you were connecting with those who were in your immediate teams had stayed the same or had increased. And those that were, you know, a different team outside your department or, you know, somebody that you might not have connected with directly in a project. So kind of next level connections had decreased dramatically. And so you really didn't feel any sense of connection with those people anymore, despite the fact that they might be able to help you in a project. You've never actually developed a relationship or never had any sort of ground rules or anything set with them to know when to reach out to them or how to reach out to them or even feel a sense of trust with them. So I think it's not necessarily all feeling the same way emotionally. It's the connectedness to have that trust and that sense of knowing about how to work with them, when to work with them, where to work with them is, I think, probably a a different way of thinking about it. Got it. And I appreciate that level of clarity. As I heard you talking about your definition and how you were speaking about what this really means, it seems as though a lot of it is based around team members not being able to work together around each other or in the same space as a lot of us were before. Is emotional proximity something that you really feel is impacting companies who are remote and or hybrid or based off of all the crazy things that are happening in the world right now? Emotional proximity is actually something that can still happen for those companies who are still working in person. Yeah, I never thought about it that way, Bruce. That's a great question. Um, and I think my my initial answer is, is yes. I'm just going to share with you, you know, you know, how I'm coming about that. You know, when I think about the remote environment. You know, I think my experience is so much more reliant now on a smaller group of people. So whereas before, you know, I might walk into the office in the morning and I'd see someone at the front and I'd have a connection with them. I might walk into the kitchen and grab something and I'd have another connection with somebody else. And, you know, you'd have multiple different points during the day, you know, whereas now your experience is much more reliant on a smaller group 
that you're engaged with on a much more regular basis. And so, you know, the role of your manager and your leader becomes increasingly important to make sure that they're sharing the right information, they're creating that right environment. And, you know, I don't know that leaders always, like, I think the level of leadership responsibility around creating that connection has now just elevated because they don't have all those other touch points during the day to be able to offset, um, you know, maybe some gaps in their own space. And so I think it probably always existed and whether you're in an office or not, but now it's just become more apparent because you don't have all of those other things necessarily that are, that are propping it up. That's interesting. You know, as I think more about this and I learn more about this from hearing you talk about it, one of the things that it just reminded me is that before, and we can say, you know, BC, before COVID, <laughs> everyone seemed to be, or not everyone, but the majority of us were fitting life around work. And now so many people seem to be fitting work around life. And so, oh, I have this, and I'm just using this as a random example, but if someone has kids, they're like, you know what? If my kid is working from or doing school from home, or you have different pickup times because you're not working from home, where maybe you can't make meetings at a certain period of time because your whole parent life has shifted. And so now you're making work happen around that. Or maybe you dedicated yourself to being very healthy and being fit. And you have a whole new community around that, which now you have a you, you have some type of fitness class at 10 a.m. or 3 p.m. and you still can get your work done, but now you're just fitting your work life around your actual life. Do you find that we are now potentially in a place where norms have been set in concrete for a lot of people, especially those working remotely, where they may not even be looking for that emotional connection at work anymore? And work might be, unfortunately, becoming more transactional because people are looking for that emotional connection in their quote-unquote real life, since now work is fitting around their personal life. Does that make sense? You know, it does. And, and I'm, I'm going to first respond on the norms piece, if that's okay. Because, you know, one of the things I've observed a, a little bit is that in a remote and even in a hybrid environment, people have less opportunity to observe what the norms actually are. Yeah. You know, so yep. I would expect, Bruce, there's probably still some people who don't know, is it okay for me to go to, as you said, to a fitness class at 10 o'clock in the morning? Um, you know, you don't necessarily know what those norms are. Like, and what might, might be obvious to me, because I've been in the workplace longer than, you know, perhaps, you know, a few of the people that I work with, <laughs> you know, might not be obvious to others. You know, what are your, you know, the unwritten things around, you know, can I jump out for an hour um, on my own accord? And who do I have to tell about that? Do my cameras need to be on or off? Who am I able to reach out to about certain things? So I think, you know, people who may have more experience or might just be more confident in their roles probably are okay adapting the norms. But I would expect there's a lot of people right now who haven't observed norms that just might happen through osmosis being in the office that you don't see anymore. So I'd expect there's probably still some uncertainty around that. You know, the, you know, the other thing I would say is that if you're having, you know, fewer personal interactions at work, which I think we know are happening, you really need to optimize those that 
that you do have. So yes, you can probably still, you know, you're, you're, many people are, cha- are, you've been reading about, you know, even reducing the number of per- personal connections that they have. And I think they're reducing, whether f- for the good or bad, I don't know, the number of professional connections that they're having. But then to me, that says you need to be really intentional about optimizing both to make sure you're still getting what you need from that smaller group. Got it. That makes a whole lot of sense. For those listeners out there that are trying to wrap their head around emotional proximity and really figure out if this is something that's happening at their organization or not, is emotional proximity a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it something that you measure and there's different spectrums to understand where your company and workforce is? How should HR leaders be thinking about this concept today? Yeah, I don't know that I have the answer to that because we're trying to figure it out as well. But, you know, we, you know, we dynamically assess engagement and satisfaction with our own uh, teams. And so we do keep a pretty close eye. You know, I can tell you a recent survey that we did, you know, reinforces the data that I shared that Microsoft had identified is that, you know, people on a scale of, you know, one to 10 feel a pretty high connectedness and ability to collaborate with those people who are in their own team. But we saw a dramatic drop-off in the data in how effective they collaborate with other teams. So I certainly think that probably can be used as a proxy for, you know, are they feeling connected? You know, are they feeling, you know, a sense of belonging? Um, So I think right now we're still trying to figure out, Bruce, the you know, what are those mechanisms to be able to measure it? Certainly, I know we all think about, you know, our turnover and, you know, our ENPS scores and, and our satisfaction. And I don't know that I know the answer about how to think about this differently than that, um, except that it's just probably an assimilation of all of that data and and great conversations. That's really interesting. At this point, and this is all your opinion, but do you believe that most employees and most employers at this point want the same thing? Do you feel like the shift of everything that's happening in regards to layoffs versus quiet quitting versus quiet hiring versus all the quiets, I can't even remember now (laughs) that I'm seeing on LinkedIn, everything has happened quietly and loudly at the same time. It's really confusing. But do you feel that most employees and employers want the same thing or do you feel like there needs to be a major alignment so that we can get a lot of people and their employers back on the same page? Wow, that's that's a big question, Bruce. Um, you know, a few thoughts around that. You know, one, the speed at which all of these terms and things and the environment is changing is just is staggering. You know, you talked about quiet quitting, but yet, you know, we're, we're having this conversation the third week of January, and we've just been hearing about, you know, all sorts of layoffs, you know, at, at you know, some of the big tech companies. And so I think you know, people don't necessarily know right now which end is always up with, with respect to that. So it's hard to even be on the same page if we don't even know what that page is at this point in time. You know, what I think aligns people is, is a sense of purpose um, and, you know, what they want to be achieving at work. So the more that employers and team members can be aligned on, you know, the stuff we talk about a lot, vision and 
purpose, you know, the, the more the other stuff becomes obvious. But, you know, I do think right now, you know, there is this, you know, I talked before about, you know, the ability to connect with other teams, you know, and I think as you, you know, you grow and advance in an organization, you become more senior, um, you know, your role in connecting people becomes a more important part of your job. And so people who might be at an entry level may not see that need to be connected, but those people who are more senior are seeing it. And it's such an important part of their function. So I do think there's a disconnect there around what the value is just based on roles and experience. But I think, Bruce, there's always going to be disconnects and you can never communicate too much about what it is you're trying to trying to achieve together. Yeah, it's really interesting. On one hand, you see companies that are trying to provide this new concept of what I'm seeing around radical flexibility. But on the other hand, you have companies that are saying, hey, team, hey, workforce, I know that some of you, if not the majority of you, may think that working remotely is best for you, but we know best Mm -hmm. and we're forcing you back to the office. And and then everybody else is somewhere in between, which is how you get hybrid. So I'm just curious, based off of just those two extremes of we're going to be totally remote versus we're going to force you back into the office, and both things can be true at the same time, how do you think emotional proximity plays into that, especially when companies are trying to do the best possible job that they can do to create these emotional connections within the team? Yeah, and I think, you know, we just need to embrace this new reality. You know, hybrid isn't a hindrance. You know, it's an opportunity for me. Uh, like we put in place a new community builder and engagement role within our team to help to address just this because people are willing to try out new things. And so I think the willingness to adapt and test out new models and new ways of doing things you know, didn't exist in the same way in the past. Like, like I think about back, you know, you know, five years ago when I was just starting my career, or maybe it was more like 25, you know, like spending, you know, exorbitant amounts of time with people in the office and the strong relationships that we developed. And when COVID first started, I thought, I'm going to miss those. How will I develop them again? But yet, you know, I have team members now that I've never met, and I don't know if I'll ever meet in person. But we've been creative in finding ways to do that. And so I think if employers aren't willing to embrace the uncertainty and to A-B test out different things, they're going to miss out on that opportunity. Awesome. And then I know we just only have a minute or two left. So I want to ask you, because we've just went over a lot of really interesting topics, when it comes to emotional proximity, if there was just one thing that you would want our audience to remember, and if that's, and if that's all they could remember from this talk that we're having, what would it be? It would be to be intentional about being connected with people. It doesn't just happen always happenstance. Spend the make a commitment to spend the first five minutes of every meeting, you know, being curious about the other person who's on that meeting. So be intentional about being connected, and you'll find ways to be connected. Kira, thank you so much for being such an awesome podcast guest. We really appreciate you being on the show and sharing all of your wisdom and domain expertise and opinions on this topic. So thank you so much for being such a great guest. Go, Kira! Thanks, Bruce. Right back at you. So, Kira, where can people find you in Ascent Online? Uh, You can take a look at Ascent.com, A-S-S-E-N-T.com. 
And if you go into the leadership page, you'll see how to spell my name. It's a bit of a tough one. And then you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all of your contact info in the show notes. So for all of you out there who enjoy listening to this episode as much as Kira and I did making it, please leave us a five-star review. Also, if this is your very first time listening to one of our episodes and you either listened to this one because you thought the topic was compelling or you're already a huge super fan of Kira and you just had to hear what she was going to say, but now you're hungry for more episodes, please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.